Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that may be helpful to accomplish our purpose. Hey, welcome to the B-Side Podcast. I'm John Robinson. I serve as one of the pastors here at Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And my name is Matt Deloyan. I serve alongside John as a pastor here at Liberty Church. Uh, and with us today is Derek Rocky. Uh, Derek is a recent graduate of Liberty University, Lynchburg, Virginia, a current staffer for a mayoral candidate for the city of Harrisburg, and long time, at least long time ish, as much as there are long time mm. members of Liberty Church. You kind of kind of did your second half of your growing up years here. I, I did. How old you were when uh, when you came to to Liberty with an I? Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> only attends Liberties. Yes, I right. only like Liberty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like 14, 15. I don't know, okay. honestly. Sounds so, right. Yeah. 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 That's. A, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's been forever. So it's been, it's been a little while. Yeah. It's been a little while. Yeah. But no, it's been great to have you, your family here for yeah. a number of years, and great to have you with us this week. Mm. Uh, as we um, this month are using our B-Side podcast uh, to talk more about the mercy and justice issues mm-hmm. that we are uh, as a church considering and uh, learning about, praying for, uh, pursuing next steps of action in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've looked so far this month at uh, how to care for refugees. Uh, we've looked at racial reconciliation. Uh, and then this past week, uh, we have looked at and will continue to look at the sanctity of life. Mm-hmm. Um, really important topic of mercy and justice. Particularly um, human life. Particularly human life. Yes, I guess I should probably clarify. We should probably make sure. We, we are pro-life, all life. We love life. That's we do. Right. All right. life is good. Yep. True, but particularly, particularly humans. Particularly human life, yes. Uh, and it was great to have uh, yesterday with us uh, during our worship services, John Schaefer from Capillary Pregnancy Center, yep. sharing a little bit more about what they do at Life Choices Clinic here in the region. Mm-hmm. but. Uh, wanted to have Derek join us this week, um, Derek, because this is a topic that's near and dear to, to your heart mm-hmm. and um, would love to, as we're trying to do this month, get um, some of that from people in our own community, um, just hearing a little bit more of the personal experiences of how God uh, gave you a heart for this topic. So maybe that's a great place to start. How, how did you become someone who cared a lot about uh, sanctity of human life issues? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, people often relate the sanctity of life issue to the abortion issue, right? And I'll expound on that a little bit later, but they also relate the abortion issue to politics and mm-hmm. being in the know in politics. And so yeah. when I was in, uh, I think, middle school, um, my parents took me to Washington, D.C. We're only about two hours away. It was like yeah. one of my first trips, and I just I just loved it. Like, I, I loved everything about it, seeing the Senate floor. Yeah. Um, you know, everything about Washington, D.C. was like, this is what I want to do when I'm older. Yeah. Um, and so immediately I, I just started to become invested in politics, try to understand what I'd learn. And then through that process, you start to learn about policies that typically you care about, your yeah. party cares about. Yeah because we do have a two-party system. Um, But uh, the sanctity of life issue, specifically the abortion issue, became near and dear to my heart because of being... being close to these type of policies that Republican politicians talk about, yeah, um, it just sort of like 
I don't know. It, it's 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 something that is kind of forced on Republicans, honestly, often. Sure. Um, and so I just became um, invested in it and wanted to know more about it. But really, it's it's been a journey for me because it's it's not just an issue that Republicans talk about. It's not just an issue that Democrats talk against. Sure. But it's a it's a whole broad issue. It's not just abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not just making sure that these babies are born. But it's this whole life issue of our race yeah. of refugees yeah. of human trafficking like you guys are talking about this whole month yeah. so i would say the start would be this political um you know this political mindset of if you're republican if you're conservative you naturally gravitate towards being pro-life sure but then the journey honestly took me through really why i am pro-life yeah. and then really realizing that it's not just pro-birth yeah it's pro-whole life that's good it's mm-hmm. not just having the baby but it's treating people like they're made in the dignity of God, like they're our neighbors. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a long way to say it, yeah, it's it's good. an issue I'm passionate about, but it's an issue that I'm really passionate about correcting in a lot of people's mind because I know in my mind it was just one small, narrow issue. What do I believe, not yeah. why do I believe it, like yeah. you talked about in yesterday's sermon. Yeah, mm. that's really good. There's, um, Yeah, it's interesting how it has become such a partisan thing um, and how, you know, there's almost now an absence of what of what there used to be. There used to be uh, more pro-life Democrats running for office. Mm-hmm. And this is almost as the platforms have just so entrenched themselves yeah. that you can't really do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, I love there, that you. But there are some. There are I mean, some. You know, let's, I mean, let's 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 be let's be honest about that. There's there's even a, a group uh, that would be considered. I think they're called Democrats for Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, just to kind of put out there, clarifying sure. that that it although it, it is has become a, a partisan issue. Yeah. Um, I don't want to lump everybody in saying you have to you have to be on one side or the other of this issue. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So. Yeah. And, and definitely more so amongst people that vote a particular way, mm-hmm. as opposed to the candidates that that are now seeming to run for the office. It's it's hard to become a, a candidate. Um, that's pro-life as a Democrat. Yeah. It's, it's like it's they're almost considered unelectable um, yep. by that by that party's base. Um, even though there are many pro-life Democrats, that yeah, great point, John. To that exactly. There's um, I love what you how you you know even in describing there your own your own growth in mm-hmm. thinking about being pro-life um, across across the spectrum of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were saying a little bit there um, about help helping people um, see that. What are some of the things that you find effective in helping people embrace the multiple aspects and facets of sanctity of life as opposed to just the birth issue? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, you need to just be so unequivocally clear that um, the abortion issue extends to all facets of life. And the way you do that in my opinion, like you talked about in the sermon yesterday, is not just saying that, you know, all lives matter, all mm. lives value, but mm. going to the direct source of why lives matter, mm. of why lives matter because they matter in the sight of God. Mm. So yeah. as humans, you know, we're different skin colors. Yeah. Some people have different facial features. Some people have um, their biology is different from other people. You know, they yeah. are typically what we would associate with more naturally attractive or more athletically built or whatever else. Everyone has deficiencies though, right? And we have to realize that God loves us 
amongst those deficiencies and amongst those differences. And so that like, for me, it's just, it's just cutting to the source of realizing why um, the sanctity of life issue is, is so strong. It's not just because someone is good at being a preacher. It's not just because someone is a good athlete. It's not just someone is someone beautiful or, or whatever else, but it's just clear because God created everyone in his image yeah. And that spreads to everything. So I just think breaking it down to the source of it, it's ultimately Christ who has created us, Christ mm-hmm. being the most perfect human being, yeah. the creator of the world, him creating us, that giving us the whole definition of everyone is loved and beloved and mm-hmm. everyone has sanctity in their own life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just think cutting straight back to the source and reminding people of that, you don't even have to make it a religious thing because mm-hmm. a lot of people are so anti-religious, mm-hmm. but just making it a love thing mm-hmm. and a, a creator thing because mm-hmm. everyone has to wonder at some point in their life, why was I created? Mm-hmm. Who created mm-hmm. me? Who created humans? Mm-hmm. And just cutting to that source and trying to stay away from partisan blinders, st- trying to stay away from religious blinders. I think it's really easy for people in the church to just say, religious terms and people outside of the church aren't going to believe that so yeah yeah, long way of saying my third time repeating this cutting straight to the source and reminding people why people are made in the image of god Mm -hmm. and who god really is that's good yeah the um so I'm, i'm curious too what your experience has been so you became passionate about this topic and of course it's continued to to grow in Mm -hmm. all of its expression but um at a fairly young age yeah uh, I'm curious if if you are kind of like the rare exception there when you when you are talking about these topics or you've even had the, the chance to attend the March for Life in mm-hmm. DC in the past. Um, have you is your experience there that there are a lot of young people that care about sanctity of life? Because you know I, I would see more naturally when people are a little further down the road yeah. when they have either had their own children or um, they've tried to have children and they can't. And then through that process, they experience how, how precious but fragile life is. Mm-hmm. I could see a lot more natural path there for, for folks like maybe 10, 15, 20 years older than you to be like very passionate about sanctity of life topics. Yeah. Um, what's been your experience with like, are there other young people that care about this and maybe where does, where does that kind of passion come from? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So, I would say to make an effective messenger, activist, communicator, whatever you want to say, you have to have two things. You have to have education and passion. Hmm. I'm not talking about, you know, K through 12, four-year college degree, two-year master's degree, education. I'm just talking about being educated and well-versed in an issue. Hmm. And then you have to have passion. So in terms of the pro-life movement, a lot of people are not going to have that passion unless they've been directly affected by it. If they've been adopted yeah. or, you know, if they've known someone who's had an abortion, yeah. which like I think you said yesterday, um, a lot of people have had abortions and yeah. they're not willing to talk about it because yeah. it's so it's so shameful. It's so sad. And we need to love those people. Yeah. But unless you've had that yeah. um, or, you know, you're just so close to that issue that you've seen something happen or whatever else. You're not going to have that passion until yeah. you probably have kids, until you experience childbirth mm-hmm. and you see your own son or daughter yeah. like you two have yeah. and how just beautiful and, and wonderful that is. Mm-hmm. And you realize, wow, this was in my wife's 
you know, stomach just yeah. a few weeks ago, yeah. and now they're walking and they're breathing yeah. and they're they're saying things, and that's that's what I think gives so many people so much passion. Mm-hmm. But you need education, and if you get the passion first, and you're not passionate about pro-life issues, hopefully you come around and get the education on it, mm-hmm. so you can accurately defend your side and you can communicate it with people. But for me, it was the education because mm-hmm. I don't really have that you know personal connection to it. Sure, I don't specifically know anyone. I, I'm sure I do, but no one has you know ever admitted it to me. Yeah. Um, I know I obviously have not had kids, so I had that education right away. Um, and it was through books. Yeah. It was through media. Um, it was through movies. I think movies are very powerful, Mm. um, to just show people what this issue really is. Um, March for life is great. And I I explained, you know, March for life, there's a lot of good things and there can be a lot of more, I wouldn't say negative things, but it can, it can cause people to just check a box. Mm. Um, but one of the, honestly, one of the most impactful things for me was I'll, I'll give two examples both in philadelphia yeah two hours away from here yeah um it is is a hub of a lot of abortions yeah. and i got to go outside uh kermit gosnell's yeah. abortion clinic yeah and there's still pieces of paper names on those pieces of paper i'm know. sure with abortions on the ground i mean there wow. is still a, a painting outside where it's like a husband and a wife, and it, it's somehow supposed to represent that this is a good clinic for for uh, for families. And oh. it was just so to be at the ground zero of so much evil that happened. Yeah, it made me realize, like this is a real thing. I think yeah. if you just sit and you know whatever it is, suburbia, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, yeah. and you don't actually go to the source of where this hmm. stuff is actually happening, you might not really believe it and you might not have that passion. Huh. And the other one would be, I went to, in a neighborhood in Philadelphia, yeah. um, a very big abortion clinic. Yeah. It was like the center of a lot of protesting. There was a state representative who was accosting a woman who was praying outside of it about oh, two wow. summers ago. Okay. And uh, I went there and, oh my gosh, it was so sobering. Huh. Just to be outside of it, yeah. a lot of people probably can't say that they've been outside of Planned Parenthood. Yeah. They've actually seen it. They've seen people walk in and out of there. Yeah. And it just, it made my heart, you know, crumble in yeah. that moment. Yeah. And being able to pray, I, I remember I had tears in my eyes because huh. I was like, there are people who who just don't know how loved they are by God mm. and how the mm. baby inside of their stomach is so loved by God, even yeah. though they don't know that. And so, I would say that yeah. it's education and passion. Yeah. And for me, it was mostly education, reading, listening, yeah. um, honestly, reading the Bible, too, to get reinforced mm. to the sanctity of life. Yeah. But then the passion likely comes for most people after they have a baby. Yeah. But also the passion certainly for me definitely came with those two experiences yeah. outside of a previous abortion clinic, outside of a current one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would I would say it's it's rare uh, for young people to be passionate about it. Yeah. Um, but if you can have that education and then somehow get that passion from yeah. whatever it may be, it's it's going to be really powerful to spread that that positive, loving yeah. message. That's good. It's been it's been I think ten years this year since that documentary was released. Yeah. About Kermit Gosnell. Mm-hmm. Do you, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it... It, it was, might just be Gosnell. I know there was a yeah, movie that was just Gosnell. That's right. There was but, a movie, but then 10 years ago, it was... Uh, I think it was the number of the... It was like Lancaster Avenue in Philly. It was. It was but Lancaster it was number, Avenue. But it Philadelphia. was the number of it. I yep. forget what the number was. American Tragedy? I don't remember what... Like There, there was one documentary that had like a number That's on it. it. 3801, right? Lancaster. Yeah. 3801, yeah. Lancaster. Like that was like the... Mm-hmm. And, that, and that, man, yeah. it's... um So... And I think there's, um, 
like you said, how, how does that passion come, especially if it hasn't been something that's directly impacted you? Mm-hmm. And I think, the, like you said, that those things are, are very powerful. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, of course, like, like all media, like all material comes with a, um, an agenda, like it's trying to show you the horrors of it. Yep. But, um, but in a way that I think is necessary for us to, as a society at least, wake up to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, go, gone are the days where, um, at least broadly speaking, um, you know, it used to be that those who were still pro-choice would talk. They would use this phrase "safe, legal, and rare." Mm-hmm. And there are these very complicated, very difficult circumstances that require, as as all of these do, lots of compassion and grace from us. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, um, rape, incest. Mm-hmm medical issues where like mm-hmm. the life of the baby potentially means the end of the life of the mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think that's important for us to acknowledge as Christians who are, who are very unapologetically pro unborn life yeah. that, that like, this is not, this is not a calculated calloused kind of approach to, to, mm. to especially complicated topics like those. Yeah. yeah. But most of what people are referring to broadly and societally now is and what people are advocating for, at least from platforms broadly, are, you know, at, uh, abortion on demand at any term for any reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, like even, you know, crazier stuff, like if a baby's even born alive, but like it shouldn't have been born. Like it's, yeah. it's so that kind of stuff. It's like, whoa, we, we really need to go. Yeah. There, there almost needs to be that sense of like, let's wake up to what we're to what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, still with a ton of grace and compassion for people that find themselves in situations mm. that, are, that pursue that. Yeah, but. that's that's great. I think with that and, and what I talked about in my reflection and, and what I want to just make clear is yeah. that I think that the boundaries have been pushed on both sides okay. of the pro-life, pro-choice debate. Okay. Yeah. You just talked about the pro-choice boundaries. Yeah, On-demand abortion at any time, any stage, uh-huh. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It should be available. Yeah. On the other side, I think what I would say from someone who is in the pro-life movement mm-hmm. and who cares about this, I think our issue and our boundary that we've pushed is ignorance. Hmm. I don't think huh. we've done enough to actually empathize with the people hmm. who just made a mistake. Yeah. They just had sex out of wedlock. Yeah. You know, they yeah. made somehow they made a mistake. Yeah. And they are scared for their life. Yeah. Because they can't bring a baby into this world. Yep. They can't provide for it financially. And I, I just think the mistake that pro-lifers have made is not empathizing enough with that. Just mm-hmm. saying we're unequivocally pro-life. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We have the baby. You need yeah. to have the baby. I, I think yeah. I think both sides have become a little bit jaded. Yeah. And I think our side has pushed the left. And the left has pushed the right. Yeah. If you want to make this in left and right, which it isn't always, but I'll, I'll just say pro-life, pro-choice. Sure. I think... Both sides have become really numb huh. to actually what's going on. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing it being pushed so far left, so far right, wherever you want to yeah. place it. Yeah. And so I think the pro-life debate needs to continue to go back to why do we believe what we believe? Yeah. It's Good. first and foremost, sanctity of life. And then let's talk about why it is a baby, yeah. why it is scientifically proven that that has a heartbeat, yeah. it has fingers, it has feet, all yeah. of these things. And it's almost out. Yeah. into the real world, yeah. have the baby. And that's why I love agencies like Capillary yeah. Pregnancy Center Absolutely. where they have people who are, are just going to mentor these expectant mothers and just let them know of their options and, and that they're loved and cared for. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. And it, it's sad to see how no, far yeah. 
it's it, gone. And it is yeah. it, because it's become a, a political ideology, mm. right? It, is we've taken we've taken the humanness out of it. We've taken mm. humanity out of it. We've taken, as you were saying, like we're just seeing as you know, no abortion, you know, period. That's it. Anti-abortion. You know, and and we've seen it just be about the baby, and we haven't seen it be about the mother, like mm. uh, the the father of the child. We've we've taken humanity away from this, yeah. um, and I think I think both sides are very guilty of that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we talk about political like political uh, uh, like laws that are being passed and and uh, platforms that are being taken um, takes takes the humanity away and whereas Christians how we need to engage and step into this arena being people who are for you know the flourishing of human life mm-hmm. right uh, we've got to be able to look at this and go hey uh, we're going to have compassion for uh, these individuals we're going to have compassion for the life that we see inside of this person's body right mm-hmm. but we're not just going to be completely and utterly enthralled with just the life inside of it, but the mother who is carrying it, mm-hmm. the father who was part of that process, right? We need to care for them as, as, a, as a whole, as a totality, as a, as a unit. To care for them means that uh, we have to get involved. Mm-hmm. We, we have to take steps that may be uncomfortable. We may be sitting with someone who we don't uh, agree theologically with, mm-hmm. Right, who we may not agree with morally, mm-hmm. right? We, but but because we care for and are advocating for the flourishing of humanity, which is a mandate that was given to us by God um, to care for one another, to love one another, um, we have to care about them, and and we can't make it a an issue that is devoid of its humanity, mm-hmm. which yep. is what politics a lot a lot of times do. They just they care about what the issue is and advocate for the issue. Yeah. And so um, which which I would love for, for us to even kind of look at that first and foremost from a Christian perspective, from a biblical worldview perspective. Mm-hmm. And how do we as Christians respond to the issue of life? Not just the issue of abortion, mm-hmm. and I think you're speaking to that uh, that really well, Derek. And um, I'd love for even for those of us listening, um, you know, to, to to take take your political ideology, take your political leanings, and set them aside for a moment and go, what 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 has God mandated for me mm-hmm. to to do and to believe as a Christian, and allow that to inform my my perspective on these issues. Because when we allow political um, movements to dictate those things, we've lost our way, mm-hmm. right? We have to we have to first and foremost go back to what God has said, and then therefore, how shall we respond? You know, because of the truth that has been revealed to us, and allow that to inform everything else. It's mm-hmm. good. good. There's a um, same in the same kind of vein, um, a, a pastor and an author named Scott Sauls, uh, who pastors mm-hmm. a church down in uh, in the Nashville area in Tennessee. Uh, he wrote a book a couple of years ago called um, "Jesus Outside the Lines," and he had a chapter in there um, talking about like, are Christians for the poor or are they for the unborn? 
and even like how, yes. how political yeah and the answer right yeah. of course is yes um from a political standpoint, it seems like you would have to choose that depending on what side of the political mm-hmm. aisle you would land on. Yeah. You would be advocating for the poor or you'd be advocating for the unborn. And he, there's a, a doctor in his church in Nashville who, uh, in some kind of response to like an email or something that went out, he had this great line that I just wanted to quote. It came to mind as you were talking there, um, John. Uh, he said, as we fight about life in utero, let's not forget about the person standing in front of us. In short, I favor building community and dialogue that promotes a society where abortion, due to the love ready to be given to any child and any mother, is not merely illegal, but unthinkable. Mm-hmm. And that idea there of like not merely illegal, yeah. but unthinkable, yeah. um, I love those those pieces being put together. Because it's like what you were talking about earlier, Derek, with the empathy for, for real people, mm-hmm. where... There is a there is a legal aspect of things in our part of our presence in society where we have the opportunity to influence. There's like okay, we should do things that are for the flourishing mm-hmm. of people, and there is an element where in a democratic government we can do that. Right. Um, so let's do that. But the, like you talked about, um, the the March for Life could be really a, an amazing experience for people, or mm-hmm. it could be like a checking of the box. It mm-hmm. could be like let's just make sure that's illegal, yep. uh, as opposed to unthinkable, which requires this more comprehensive mm-hmm. approach to thinking about the sanctity of all life, yep. every life, and having empathy for people that find themselves in these situations. So I, I love that. Just that moniker um, came back to my mind that, mm-hmm. you know, not merely illegal, but unthinkable mm-hmm. um, to kind of summarize what you guys were, were saying there. Perfect. Yep. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Derek, any, um, any kind of entry points for, you know, um, you talked about passion and education. Yeah. Um, you know, passion, of course, is maybe more subjective and you kind of, you know, see what, what God kind of does in your life. And God gives us passions about different topics. And for some, it might be some of the other things we talked about this month. Um, for some, it might be the sanctity of life. But from the education side, anything that you go, hey, this was this is a really helpful resource that I've come across. Um, stuff that you would, you know, say this is a great place to at least explore that that topic mm-hmm. more. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a book that I read. That that was really a huge part of my educational piece. It mm-hmm. was a small book. I can't remember. I can I can see the picture on the uh, the cover page. But it was just a small book and um it just briefly in a lot of um really creative ways just phrased up the abortion argument. And so mm-hmm. I would definitely say read. Um, reading is huge. Mm-hmm. Books, you know, yeah. finding the right books too. I would encourage people to listen from a really Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't say really. I, I don't mean really Christian. I just mean a, a Christian perspective mm-hmm. um, because as we talked about, this issue is not just have the baby, have the baby, have the baby. This issue is that baby has sanctity of life yeah. because it's created by God. Yeah. And so you're going to get that spin on it. Um, but 100% read. I think reading is just so good yeah. to influence your mind, probably better even than watching a movie or watching a documentary or watching the news because that can sometimes be overly sensationalized and it sure. might give you too much passion and not much education. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I yeah. would I would say f- find a book. I wish I had that title, uh, but find a book to read and then read the Bible too. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to find, you probably, I don't think you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, you're not going to find specific uh, conversations about abortion, mm-hmm. but you're going to find over and over again, loving your neighbor, why God loves us and um, how how special we are created in his image. So just, I would say read would be the, the number one thing you could do to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's good. 
on our website, we've got a few uh, resources listed there. Um, our friends at Capillary Pregnancy Center specifically recommended three. One called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, uh, borrowing that line from Psalm 139. But that's a book by Paul Brand and Philip Yancey. Um, uh, there's one called Why Pro-Life by Randy Alcorn. That's it. That that's the one I read. That's it. That's it's good. That's yep, up. that's yep. it. Uh, and then one by Charles Swindoll called The Sanctity of Life. Um, so mm. those are three that our friends at Capital Pregnancy Center specifically sent mm. us and recommended mm. us. We've linked to those uh, on our website on the Mercy and Justice Month um, tab there. So feel free to, to check those out as well as other resources and specific ways to be praying uh, as well as um, uh, opportunities to act, uh, volunteering, and uh, being part of uh, the National March for Life, which is coming up the end of this month uh, in D.C. Virtually. Virtually. It's now virtually. Oh, there's nothing in person. Nothing in oh, person, okay. yeah. Okay. With everything going on in D.C. and obviously with COVID, yeah. they just moved it to virtually. Okay, yep. good. I've always wondered why the March for Life was not in March. That's there you go. I'm just saying. Wow. From a marketing standpoint. Is this one of those, like, why do you park on a driveway and drive on the parkway? Kind of the, the, the quandaries of, of life. The quandaries of life. <laughs> Man, that's <laughs> good. There's got to be a date. Because yeah. it's so cold. I mean, it's cold. It's cold. It is January. cold. Yeah, and yeah. March would be much more enjoyable. But You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> if that gets moved. John's, anyway. John's trademarked. John Robinson. There we go. It's done. Yeah, no, I definitely really appreciate your perspective, Derek. And, uh, yeah, encourage people to, to read up on um, on what this this topic has to offer. Um, there's there's a lot of great resources out there. I think having good conversations mm-hmm. um, with neighbors, with friends, with people in your Bible study, uh, as Bible studies are going to start kicking off here soon. Um, now, you might find yourself uh, from a different political perspective, but I, I, our hope is... Uh, as Christians who em- embrace and, and value what Scripture mandates, uh, we would see that we would line up on on this issue, um, regardless of where we fall politically. And so, uh, encourage you guys to do that. If you guys have questions, feel free to send those to us as well. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. That being said, Derek, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Derek, thank you for having me on the B Side Podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it. it. And uh, hey, friends, we will talk with you soon. Thanks. See you.